Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Sermons Podcast. At Legacy Church, we help people find their identity in Jesus and their place in His mission to impact the world through the gospel. We ask that you grab your Bibles, listen up, and we hope that you hear a great word from the Lord today. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And just in case you're coming to Legacy Church and you're wondering why we're so hyped to this morning is because we're still continuing in this year of mission where we're on mission with everyone, everywhere. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll just keep going and we'll catch it in a minute here. <laughs> but... It is really good to be in the house of the Lord, and if, if we could just start off this morning in a word of prayer, let's just bow our heads real quick. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are, and it's just like this song we just sang. Through the word, through the message that's going to be proclaimed this morning, may you be glorified. May you be magnified this morning. May we draw close to who you are this morning and understand that there's a calling upon us as a church to be on mission with everyone everywhere all the time. Lord, we thank you for your presence who is here with us in the midst and we thank you, Lord, for all the things that you are doing and we just ask this morning that you would speak and you would speak effectively so we may all put it in our hearts and see how we can translate it and walk it out. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, we ask and pray. We all say, amen. amen. Can I just say that I, I, I have to say that I'm pretty hyped this morning because of all the testimonies that I'm hearing and I'm receiving on the emails about people just sharing the things that God is doing in their lives and how he's utilizing each and every one of us on how to be on mission. It's, it's an incredible thing that what God is doing here at Legacy and let's just say this, you know, a long time ago, I, I have to admit to you that when we talk about being on mission with everyone everywhere all the time, at times we kind of get to a place where we're like, oh my goodness, that means I have to be intentional with everyone everywhere all the time, right? So that creates like a little nervousness for some of us because if we're not in the routine or if we're not in the habit, sometimes it can challenge our mindsets and maybe challenge our hearts on how to move forward in that. But I just want to share this morning that, you know, a long time ago, uh, I have to admit that, you know, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going a direction, and I really believed that it was the direction that God was calling me. And as I was flowing in that direction, everything was going pretty well, and everything was going, uh, it was pretty amazing at that moment. But you know what happened? I found myself in a place where there was pushback. Now, I don't know if you're like me that, and you're getting close to the Lord and you're, you're drawing near to him and you discern that he's drawing near to you and then all of a sudden you feel called to go and share the gospel or share your faith or be intentional with the neighbors or your friends or people around you and then all of a sudden you get pushback. I don't know if anybody's been there like me, but at those moments, I would have to say that I felt a little scared. I felt a little concerned. And I would say that even fear rested within my heart to the point where I was even concerned and scared to preach. I was scared to share the stories that God was doing in my life. I was just a full of fear at that moment. And I began to pray. 
It was in that moment, I, in this season of my life, where I had to pray because I was just walking in a lot of fear, really disconcerned with everything that people, how they look at me, how they perceive me. That was just in my mindset. And because of that, it altered conversations that I know that I should have had, meaning I should have been talking about Christ. I, I should have shared a story. I should have encouraged them. But it was at that moment that I knew that fear had just rested in my heart. And I knew that there are things God was calling me to that I was just scared to do. Anybody been there before? But here's the thing. I began to pray, and then I heard something. I, I would say it was a word that came in my head. It was a question, actually, that came to my head. And I would have to say that this was the Holy Spirit because it was a question that gravitated all my fears and put it back in the resting place of Jesus. And in this question, he, there was a question that stated like this. If you told fear to take a sit-down for a week, what would your week look like? If you told fear itself to stay right here for a week, what would your week look like? And as that question began to like permeate my head and just kind of, I meditated on that question, I began to write certain things down. I, I began to understand that, you know, there are things in me that needed to be put away. There are concepts about me that needed to be put away and Christ needed to be lifted in a certain areas of my life, can I share with you, I began to meditate on the thought that, hey, you know, if fear had to be put away for a moment, I would be more conscious with the people that I'm with, meaning I would be more intentional with the conversations that I have with people, with a boldness with inside of me, saying that there is somebody named Jesus who is the ultimate savior, who is the center stage of my life, and I wouldn't be scared about it. I would put my ego away and ask for forgiveness more. I would be sharing my faith and my stories, not wondering what people are looking and imagining how I look like, but I would be so concerned about their soul that I would continue to share. There is something about the understanding of living in Christ, but yet walking with his boldness. And I'd have to say, you know, some people would ask, what would a life like this look like? What would a week like this look like? And I believe the text today will be in Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 22 today. And we're going to look at what I believe, if you told fear to just kind of sit back, sit down for a while, while I just walk with the Lord. I believe that your week could look something like this if we're going to be on mission with everyone, everywhere Okay, we're getting better. <laughs> but if we take a look at uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 1 and 22, we understand from last week with a powerful message from Brandon, he, he gave a very powerful message about how John and Peter were just walking and doing their thing and they were headed to prayer and then all of a sudden they see a crippled man and this crippled man ends up, you know, he was asking for alms. He was asking for money. He was asking for something for himself. But they were saying, you know, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have for you, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And this crippled man began to walk. And this miracle began to take place in front of a, a multitude of people. Their people were just driving in, and they were walking towards the, the situation. And they wanted to see, and they wanted to understand what was going on. 
on. And then all of a sudden when there's a crowd in front of John and Peter, these apostles who witnessed the work of Jesus Christ, you can't help but understand that they are probably going to preach. And that's what happened. They began to preach and they began to declare what Jesus had done, the work that he'd done on the cross. They declared all the things that he was about. And then all of a sudden, some dudes came in getting a little bit annoyed. But we're going to start at Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 22. And it says, And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers, and the, uh, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas and the high priest, Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were the highly priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is a salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Can we say amen to that? Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, un, uh, uneducated common men, they were astonished. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But, but when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through the, them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen or heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because, the people, uh, because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Wow. Wow. 
There is a profound thing that was happening in this moment where m- many people were hearing the word of God and then Peter and John were just, just kind of conversing to the people in the crowd and then all of a sudden these individuals who were in the highest, high priestlyhood came to them and started wanting to question them. See, if we take a look at this text, I could only illustrate it like this. It was kind of like a Fresh Prince moment. They were chilling, chilling, minding their business. (laughs) And then a couple of guys who were up to no good, you know, it was that kind of a situation when basically they were sharing the word of God and then all of a sudden these individuals come together trying to trying to instigate something. They, they did not like what they were hearing. This is basically why. You have to understand the, high, the, the priests were somebody that they, they believed was in the line of Aaron, basically this, the brother of Moses. That, that's a pretty high thing to, to understand and believe at that time. And then you have the, the, the clerk, the police officers of the temple, the captains of the temple, basically church police. You know, and then you have the Sadducees, basically a powerful group, a powerful Jewish group that did not believe in works of miracles. They did not believe in resurrection uh, miracles. They did not believe in those kind of things. They were against the theology that Peter and Paul were preaching. So basically, they got together and they said, you know what? I don't like what I'm hearing. I don't want to hear this anymore. So what the best could they do? They just put him in jail. So they find themselves in jail in a place where, you know, they were doing nothing wrong, but yet healing a man who happened to be crippled, sharing a message that they had witnessed, sharing something that had been done, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in jail. Can I share with this descriptive understanding what we find in the book of Acts that we understand that if we're reading through it, it is something that's describing to us the story like Pastor Kevin has been saying to us, the story of what has been happening in the book of Acts, we can create or we can actually look at this and say, I can observe a few things. And in one of my first observations or the first thought today in, in this text, they received pushback by doing the work of God. Can I share with us today, when we're going a direction, when we're called to go somewhere at times, it, we have to expect pushback when pursuing God's agenda. That is not a very encouraging word. It's not a very fulfilling word, but it is a true word. As sometimes when we are going the direction that God has called us to go towards, there is a sense of pushback going towards the calling. Yes, you know, there are times when we want to minister to individuals or or share our story to individuals. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. We just want to share it. And maybe we do share it. Maybe we create the language to make it as good as possible, but yet they reject the story. Maybe they push back on it. And maybe they kind of discourage the work of the Lord And then all of a sudden, we might find ourselves in a place where we're kind of feeling a little discouraged. We find ourselves in this place where I don't want to share what God is really doing because you remember that one time I told this person and they just kind of rejected me. I don't want to feel that way anymore. You know, sometimes we all tend to get there. Sometimes we are all tempted with those thoughts. But at the end of the day, I want us to keep it real on this and understand this, that when we are going the direction of the Lord, if we, have, if we know the agenda that God has put us on, 
We have to expect the pushback because I kid you not, the church was growing. The church was, was doing something very profound as we heard in the past few weeks. They were meeting together. They were fellowshipping together. God was adding. God was adding to their numbers. He continued to do this work that was very profound. He was saving people. And you could see that there's this work happening. And then Peter and John, they go out to go for prayer. And then all of a sudden find themselves in jail. That's crazy. But they were going and moving a direction that they knew that God was calling them towards. They only did what they knew and they believed that God called them to do by healing a crippled man by sharing the good news to all those who were kind of curious as to what was going on and yet they found themselves in jail now i'm not saying that many of us will find ourselves in jail in today's world but we might find us in a spiritual battle that might put us in like some kind of spiritual jail if we're not careful. We may get so afraid to share our faith because of maybe a bad experience, because maybe we did experience pushback that we don't want to share again. Maybe there are things, maybe there's things within our family that we've learned through many years of being with a part of the family that you're scared to share or we're scared to move forward. But here I want to share with you today, if if you know you're going God's direction, be reminded there is an enemy of our soul. He doesn't want us to do what God called us to do. We have to understand that this is a real thing, the spiritual battles that we take that take place on the inside. We have to be reminded of that. And we have to be reminded that this thing called pushback, this thing called pushback will happen. As a matter of fact, this is what we classify as one of the first persecutions of the church, the first persecution of the message of the gospel. They didn't like it, so they put him in jail. It's interesting that today we find ourselves in this place where we have the freedom to share our faith, right? But sometimes we may not be put in jail, but we might be told to shut up sometimes, told to be quiet sometimes. We may be ignored sometimes. We might find ourselves in that position. We might find ourselves in the position where somebody just completely disagrees and argues with us left and right. But let not pushback deter you from continuing in God's agenda. Amen? Amen. Let nothing like that deter you from going the direction God has called you to pursue. You have to understand that when we look at the text, Peter and, Peter and uh, John were just kind of in this place called the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was made up of what they would say uh, 70 individuals that were in the high priestlyhood and basically just kind of intimidating them. They were trying to scare them into like not sharing what it is that they know that they experienced. But here's the thing, they couldn't stop. Because I like what the scripture said, that Peter was full of the Spirit. He was, he, the Holy Spirit filled him up to do something. And can I share with you the second thought is, you know, being Spirit-filled will embolden you in Christ's truth. Understand this, that 
they found themselves in a room full of skeptics. They found themselves in a hostile environment. They found themselves in a place where people just did not believe the, the, the witness that they had. They did, not, they did not like what they had to say, but Peter and John continued to share the gospel. As a matter of fact, this is a moment where Peter, full of the Spirit, began to share what they had witnessed through the work of Jesus Christ and the life of Jesus Christ. And, you know, it was a very profound moment. And I, I don't know, it kind of gives me this illustration, right? I don't know if you've seen a TV show, maybe court TV, or maybe something of the sort. You know, when somebody's like given, uh, a defendant is given a lawyer, right? And the lawyer says, I'm here to uh, advocate your case. I'm here for you right now, okay? So all of a sudden, the guy who's the defendant says, you know what? I'm, I don't need nobody. Has anybody seen something like that where they say, I'm going to go ahead and defend myself? And every time somebody says, I'm going to defend myself, especially in today's world, I think the thought that comes to mind, not a good idea, man. <laughs> not a good idea. This is, no, that's not what you need to be doing. So I can't help but think about that in this moment because Peter, at this moment, being full of the Spirit, allows the Holy Spirit of God to speak through him and become his defense attorney at the, at the end of the day. There's something very profound happening where they began to he begins to share what he has seen. And basically, it, just in case they didn't understand what it is that has happened in their life, he wanted to make it very clear, which he did. The Sanhedrin asked him questions. In what power, in what work, in all the things that you are doing, in what name are you doing all of this? And Peter just jumps up full of the Spirit, just in case I want every single person here to know the name that is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the name that this miracle has been performed. It is that name. Do you remember that name? It's the name you put to death. It's you people who put them to death. That's basically what he was saying. He was charging them up. Old school language, I guess, early 2000s. <laughs> But in, as he was doing so, we have to re recognize this. There was something very profound happening at this moment because a sermon was being done without them even understanding that it was a sermon. They thought he was just, you know, defending himself, but he was simply proclaiming the gospel in front of a hostile and crowd. And basically, even these who were skeptics could not deny the work of the Lord. It was very evident that Jesus had performed a miracle and he had utilized these guys named Peter and John. And Peter and John wanted to make sure that they knew, everybody knew, that it wasn't in my name, it wasn't in John's name, but it was really in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just in case you don't understand who this person is, he happens to be the firm foundation of our faith. He is the cornerstone. He is the one who holds everything together. And and that is the one that you rejected, actually. That's what he's sharing with them at that moment. The cornerstone, the firm foundation of the faith had been rejected by them, but he's letting them know, hey, you want to know what name we did this work in? It's in the name of Jesus. He is that foundation that has hosted us and led us to do this miraculous work. And you have to understand, looking at this particular text, that in this moment, after being in jail, I just kind of wonder what gave them so much boldness and what gave them so much firmness in what they believed. 
Sometimes I go back and I understand that, you know what, they were in jail for a night. And as they were in jail for a night, I wonder if they were talking to each other. It's just my imagination. It's not in this text, but I just kind of wonder what Peter and John were sharing with each other when they were in jail. I sometimes wonder if they were kind of like sitting down in the jail cell saying, you know, hey, Peter, you, do you remember that one time where this lady who had the issue of blood began to walk towards us and there was a crowd full of people and she touched the hem of uh, Jesus' garment and then she was, because of her faith, made well? Do you remember that? And Peter would be like, hey, you know what? I remember that. You remember? You remember that one time we were on the boat and then next thing you know, that you know, there was a storm and Jesus was asleep and we got so scared, but yet we called upon Jesus and he made the storm calm. He calmed the winds. John being John probably was like, yeah, do you remember that other time we were on the boat? Do you remember that time when we were just on the boat and Jesus was in the mountain praying and then all of a sudden we were in a storm or a windstorm and then all of a sudden we were scared out of our minds. We are like, Jesus ain't on the boat this time. But then all of a sudden we see Jesus walking on water. You remember that, Peter? You say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I could see themselves in that cell building up their faith, remembering the works of the Lord because that is the work that they had witnessed Jesus had done. And that is the work that we have to understand that Jesus continues to do even here today in our midst around this world. There's work that he continues to do. And in the work that he continues to do, he does it through myself, he does it through yourselves, he, he does it through every single person that allows them, allows him to be king allows him to be savior, allows him to be Lord. He is the one who begins to continue that message of the gospel by working and living through each and every one of us. And it is up to us to understand and be mindful of the things that he is continually doing so that we can be full of boldness and full of his spirit and full of his truth that regardless of what's going on in this world today, we can still stand on truth. We can still stand on the witness that he has given us. We can still stand on the work that he has done in myself. That one time I was still lost in brokenness, but yet found him who brought me to a completely different place. I can witness towards that, right? I bet you some of you who are in Christ Jesus can remember a time where you just didn't know who Jesus was. But now you can witness towards the work of salvation in your own lives. That's a powerful story to share. There is a power in the witness that we get to share every single moment that we have the opportunity. But, you know, sometimes, like I stated before, fear can creep in and kind of navigate you a completely different direction. And I just want to share with you that if it was in that moment that they were in jail, just kind of hyping themselves up on the things that God had done. Could you imagine the boldness of faith that they had? It probably 
hype them up to have this unshakable, undoubtable thought and motivation that God is going to work. Because at the end of the day, these are the same guys who saw Jesus do most or all of the miracles. These are the guys who saw Jesus that defeated death. These are the same guys who lost hope for just a moment because they thought he was dead until he walked in their midst and then hung out with them for 40 days. These are the guys who saw Jesus ascend to heaven. These are the same guys who heard the message, I am with you always. These are the same guys who had that in their arsenal of faith to be able to be a witness to do the work that God has called them to do. And I want to ask us a question today. Are we solid in our faith that God can still work today and work through us? Are we solid in our understanding and perspective of Jesus that he's going to continue the work of the gospel through each and every one of us? Are we solid in our witness? Are we understanding in the story that he has given each and every one of you to go out and share? Are we motivated today? Can I, can I just share with you that we do live in a moment and we do live in a day where people are really looking for people's points of view and beliefs or their political paths or whatever. And I know that some of us get those questions all the time, right? Has anybody had those type of questions? What's your point of view on this? What is your thought on this? What's this or that? I, I would just share with you that if you get these political type of questions, I just want to make sure that we're centered on Christ because there is no name that any other political finder can do that Jesus can do, right? We have to understand that his name is more powerful than any leader here on this earth. We have to be mindful that his direction is always more solid and more significant than any direction that we can find here on this earth. Because we have to understand that this man named Jesus who lived this perfect life, who came, who died, who resurrected and sent his Holy Spirit still lives through us. And we must be mindful to share his story as much as possible with everyone, everywhere Amen. <laughs> we have to really realize that God's message is still living on and lives on through all of us. But, you know, like I said, sometimes the witness that we carry. Right now, we, we know that there has been a, a fallout in our church world with people wanting to share the message. And I sometimes wonder, and this is just a question, just a, a thought, I wonder sometimes, and if I could be so bold to ask it, that maybe because of the lack of direction in our relationship with the Lord that we don't have opportunities to witness because we're ignoring his presence every day. I wonder if we like myself, have allowed fear to enter in in such a way that it just completely pushes back on anything that God is calling us to do when it comes to sharing the truth and how he has made us free from the things of this world. I wonder sometimes if we're so caught up in the culture that we have forgotten what the witness of Christ is. 
Those are just a few questions that come to my head because these are individuals that did not forget. As a matter of fact, the Sanhedrin said in using their intimidation, hey, I want you, I want you to stop. Stop this. This is not what we want to see. This is not aligning with our theology. This is not aligning with what we want to hear in this culture, in this, in this realm. And, you know, Peter and John, being full of the Spirit, just turned back and said, that's something we cannot do. I don't know what makes you think that we're going to choose your word over God, basically. We got to do what we have seen. We've got to do what we have heard. We have got to share the miraculous works of God through Christ Jesus. And it is in the name that is above every name that we are going to continue to share. And you know what? May it be of us here at Legacy Church that we can walk out this morning and say, may it be of us that every, in, in the name of Christ Jesus, that we are going to share this message. Because the firm foundation named Jesus is my firm foundation. He is my cornerstone. He's the one who holds everything together for my life. He is the one that I can lean on in these moments. And he's the one I can lean on when they're feeling spiritual persecution or spiritual pushback or physical pushback. He is the one that I stand on understanding his truth is higher than any truth here on this earth. He is the one. You know, a few weeks ago, I, I was preaching on at Pentecost Sunday. I don't know how many people were there. Has, was there a lot of people there? Can't remember. Okay. Whoever wasn't there, shame on you. <laughs> no, but seriously, there was a story that I shared, and I, I actually left the second half of this story for this particular message because I feel like it worked best with this particular text. But yet, as you recall that I was an RA at a school uh, in, in Waxahachie, and then this school and this university, being a RA was a very profound thing, and then all of a sudden I got, you know, the, the people that I got in my hall, and uh, they, a lot of them needed to know who the Lord was. So then we began a prayer meeting, a prayer meeting from uh, a certain Monday and then to another Monday. Uh, we put together a list, and this list of individuals became, they began to know or question or understand who Christ was. Within a week's time, we just saw God start moving upon the hearts of those who were struggling in faith at that time. And then all of a sudden, we saw a prayer meeting go from seven people starting out in the, a room, my, the, my room in the RA room. And then next thing you know, uh, it grew to 50 in the following week, right? Because people were like, whoa, what is going on here, right? And then this is where the story gets a little bit more interesting. The story gets a little bit more interesting because of what the Holy Spirit started doing. Because of the radical salvations that we began to see through some of the people who were living a lifestyle that they shouldn't have, turning, in, turning to Christ, it started to, to catch fire all over the campus. So by the following that week after that, at 10 p.m., basically the whole campus was praying together. 
And it got to the point where, you know, the whole campus was praying together at the same time. And then after that, you, we, we have a, we're close to a bunch of neighbors and a, a bunch of houses. And the neighbors began to hear that there's something going on at this university. So you had these neighbors, these families start trickling in and trying to join these prayer meetings. And then all of a sudden, we started to see some people really tuning into what the Lord was wanting to do. And here's the fact. I know that some of us can look in here and say, you know what? Are you sure, Patrick, that really happened? It can happen. I understand that. There could be some skeptics to that message. But I can only witness what I've seen. I can only testify to what I've seen the Lord do. And you can, any person can question it. The skeptics can question it. But I have seen what God can do through the power of prayer, through the power of being full of his spirit, through the power of being emboldened by his spirit, through the power of what he can do in others, especially when it comes to the work of salvation. Which leads me to my third point. The church's, boldness, the church's bold witness of Christ's power and work could lay a foundation for others to believe and glorify his name. You see, when we look at the story of John and Peter as they were declaring the word of the Lord in front of all those who were hearing, we have to understand this. Yes, there was a miracle with an individual who had been crippled most of his life or all of his life, and it was of the age of 40 or over 40, as the scriptures say. And that was a profound miracle that could wake up any single person to the knowledge of Christ. But here's the thing. We have this understanding that 5,000 people woke up to the knowledge of Christ. All because... Of what Paul, I mean, Peter and John had witnessed. All because they continued to lean on Jesus. Today I know there's a lot of challenges. Today I know that there's a lot of pushback on the message of the gospel. Today I know that we live in a hostile environment towards the gospel message and maybe living a life worth. Uh, pleasing to Christ. Today, I know that there's a lot of people who are skeptical about this life called Christianity. I know that there are a lot of people who have looked at each and every one of us and maybe questioned certain events that have happened into our lives. But can I challenge every single person here today to continue? To continue to share your witness? To be bold in your witness, to allow the Spirit of God to move within your witness. Because God wants to minister to those who need to know Him. Amen? Amen. And I, I know that we look at a text like this and we say, you know, this is so profound for John and Peter, but I don't think I, I have what it takes to do this work. But you have to understand that the Sanhedrin looked at Peter and John like they didn't have what it takes. They looked at, looked at them like uncommon men, people who are uneducated. They didn't have what it took, but they did because of the work of the Spirit that was living and working and speaking through them. Can I share with you that is the same Spirit who lives inside of you today? 
Can I share with you that whenever you want to speak up and want to be emboldened and you sense that you're being emboldened, that like I stated, and we've all stated throughout these weeks in this year of mission, that you're not alone because we're leaning on the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Can I remind us today that there is this man named Jesus who renewed each and every one of our lives? Can I remind us this morning that, you know, there was once an old you, but now there is a new you because of what Christ Jesus did on the cross? Can I remind us this morning that there is this love that he, he felt upon us so dearly that our Heavenly Father sent his only Son? And he wants now, through the, the word of Matthew 28, to continue to go and make disciples. And he wants to make those disciples through each and every one of us. Can I remind us this morning that there's this man named Jesus that so desires to love every single person and so desires to have a relationship with every single person that he possibly can. And can I remind us today that it is us, it is who we are within this church, within this legacy church, that we have the calling and now the, the Holy Spirit living inside of us so that we can go and share. Can I, can I just remind us today that, it's, that that word fear should always take a back seat to the agenda of God. Can I remind us this morning of that? Because you know what? I like this text a lot because when Peter and John basically turned back to the Sanhedrin when they were saying, I don't want you preaching this message, or what name are you preaching under? And they don't like it. Peter and, Peter and John basically sharing the gospel yet again. And just in case you don't know, just in case you don't know what name, it is this name that has done this miraculous work. It is this name that we have seen him work and do over and over again. It is this name that we lean on. It is this name that I have faith in. It is this name that I cannot be shaken. It is this name, named Jesus, that we can continue and we will continue to do the work that he is calling us to do. And it's kind of like the notorious B.I.G. used to say, if you don't know, now you know. There is a work inside of us who lives inside of us, who empowers inside of us, who wants us to go, be on mission with everyone, everywhere, all the time. And as we get ready to, to send out this morning, be reminded of who this Jesus is. Be reminded of who your Savior is. Be reminded of what he saved you from. Be reminded of the witness and the story you carry. Be reminded of the things that you used to be in, but because of his grace and because of his love that he set you free from. Be reminded of the works in your family that he has continued to do or is continually doing right now. Be reminded that his power still works today. Be reminded that this Jesus is our cornerstone. He is the one who holds everything together. He is the one who is the firm foundation of our lives. 
He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is worth witnessing for. He is worth, he is worth witnessing about. He is a good God. He is a good Savior. Can we be reminded of that this morning? I know I'm just talking, but I wish somebody could talk back to me. Can we be reminded of that this morning? Because God, he is a good God. And if we can really reach back and look in the arsenal of the stories that he has given each and every one of us. If you ever feel that you don't have a story or a witness to share, just look at the story that he has created in you by the transformational work of what he has done by living inside of you. And begin to share that because he continues and continues and continues to do so. He is just that good. And maybe... And maybe there's some of us who are here right now who have never understood this work, the work that Jesus did. Can I share with you this morning that there is someone who loved us so much, our Heavenly Father, the creators of the heavens and the earth, who loved every single person so much. We've fallen, we've fallen, and sometimes continue to fall, but yet he still loves. He, we've fallen, the Israelites fallen so much that he knew that they couldn't live up to the task of being perfect. So he sent his only son who could do the work that we could never do. It is this Jesus that we know to be not only the Savior, but he is the lover of our souls he is the one who came and lived this life. And I'm just going to share it again. He lived it perfectly. He lived it in such a way that glorifies our Heavenly Father. He is the extension of love. He was the extension of our Heavenly Father here on this earth. And he lived a life perfectly for you and for me. And he understood that humanity has some discrepancies. And the discrepancies in our heart and our soul and in those discrepancies, they needed salvation. It needed help. And he knew that we couldn't do it, so he did the work for us by dying on the cross for us. And as he, as he died on the cross for us, we thought it was over. The disciples thought it was over, but it wasn't over. He rose on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And then one day... He came to the disciples and shared with them, it is time to go and it's time to continue that message. And that's what we do. We want to share that message. I want to share a message of hope and of love to those who are questioning, who have this question, is, is, is Jesus worth it? Yes, he's worth it. He's more than worth it. Can I share with you too that he wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants to walk in your story and lead you in your story. And remember, he has also sent his spirit to fill you up. And when you are full of his spirit, there are things that can happen. But as those things happen, let us be so full of his spirit that we can share the witness that he's given us. And as we share that witness, let us also understand the truth that one day he is coming back. One day he will come back for us. One day we will get to celebrate in him for all eternity. 
This Jesus that Peter and John are speaking about is the same Jesus who still works and lives today. Does everybody receive that word this morning? Is he, not, is he not a good God? He is a great God. Can we pray together? Can we just bow our heads together real quick? Heavenly Father, I do thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you. That is your presence that speaks to the areas of our lives that truly need you. I thank you, Lord, it is your presence that reminds us to continue to, con- to continue in your work in our lives, but in also continuing the message of Christ so all can hear. There's some of us here at this very moment that maybe have, Lord, that have been struggling maybe with the understanding that this message needs to continue through us, maybe because we don't feel adequate, maybe we don't feel like we have the knowledge, but Holy Spirit, may you Speak to us, remind us of the things that you have done, the works that you have done in our lives. And as you remind us of this work, I ask, Father, that you give us, by your Spirit, the boldness to share. Father, telling fear to sit down so your name can be glorified just like all those who are in this setting were glorifying the work that you had done in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We lean right now on this name, your name. It is this name, Jesus, that saved us. It's this name, Jesus, that we pray in. It's this name, Jesus, that sets us free. It's in this name, Jesus, that is above every name talked about in history, above every power, above anything in any realm that we can speak about. It's this name. And right now, Lord, if anybody at this moment needs to meet you, I ask, Father, that you begin to speak to their hearts and share with them the hope we have in this name, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We glorify your name. Amen.